This podcast is sponsored by the Kerry Golston Ministries International, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Pastor Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, help to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. Amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Because I wanted to continue with uh, with first fruit because <laughs> I we left here Sunday with a whole bunch of people looking at me funny. <laughs> I, so I wanted to continue with it, but uh, you know it, you can tell when you roll, you roll. You know how you can tell when things just are not. They're just not. You know, it's like like Brother Hagen says. It's kind of like washing your feet with your socks on. Amen. You 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 know what I'm talking about. When it you know it's like that. You, eh, something is not. No, I, I can't continue with that. I, I there's something else. Well, he finally uh, he finally let it flow with me, and uh, I I see something. Amen. So let us turn, please. Well, it's all going to be oh, talking about the same stuff. Amen. But I just can't continue with uh, specifically with what I wanted to continue with. But the Lord has shown us that uh, he is about to, uh, well, not about to, he's already doing it. But there's such an overflow of blessings. There's such an overflow of uh, financial uh provision that he has for the body of Christ. Well, it's just like anything else, like the example that I gave to you on Sunday of uh, in my in my county, every resident of the county is supposed to be issued a, a, uh, a credit certificate for dumping the leaves in the, in the, in the uh, county dump. But if you don't know about it, you have to pay. And that's what happened to me. Well, that that's not just something in the natural. There's nothing in the natural that doesn't have spiritual implications. So uh, the same thing applies in the in the uh, spiritual realm here with the blessings and all the things that God is providing for us. Unless we know about it, unless we believe for it, unless we exercise faith for it. It will not manifest in our behalf. And that's just a fact. That's just the way it is. And I'm sure we all know people who perhaps have been in church all their lives, love the Lord, wouldn't think of doing anything uh, deliberately sinful, and they they live their whole lives in lack. They say, well, you know, what's wrong? I mean, 
this this woman, I mean, she loved the Lord. Every time the church doors is open, she's there, and you know, she she's uh, she's giving and doing the best she can, and still she's in lack. Well, there's reasons for that. The Word declares that the curse causeless does not come. There's reasons for it. You may not know it, and most of the time, with most of us, it's just ignorance. Like I was ignorant about the fact that I there was a provision by me being a, a resident of the county and paying taxes, there was a provision for me to be able to dump in the city dump without charge. It would it was provided for me, but because I was ignorant of it, I had to pay. Same thing in the Christian world. If you don't know, if you don't have the knowledge, you cannot believe for it. You have to know about it. That's why the word declares that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. You've got to hear the word to have faith for it. If you don't hear the word for it, it will do you no good. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. So uh, I've said all that to say, even though I'm not going to be speaking specifically about first fruits, it will it will be around the edges. It will be on the, you know, around the, 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 the fringes of it. So I want you to turn, please, to Second uh, Corinthians chapter three. We'll start over there. See, because I was all ready to go with mine to continue my first fruits. In fact, as a matter of fact, Doctor Doctor Hilliard, he started doing it. Uh, he started doing it on Tuesdays, on Tuesday mornings at seven thirty, on BET. And uh, see, I'm doing what I'm doing is going to be a scaled down version. I'm getting right to the point. I mean, he goes all around the horn. See, I'm I'm going right to the core of the matter. All right. Now, in Second Corinthians chapter three, in the sixth verse, Second Corinthians chapter three. Verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. Now, this is talking about the letter of the law. We're not under the law. We're under grace. But the law still has a great deal to do with our lives. Because a lot of the things that are in the law, we still practice today. But we don't practice it the same way that they practiced it under the law. Because they had to follow the letter of the law. I mean, exactly. This is what you have to do. This, this, and this, or die. No two ways about it. That was it. That was the law. Well, we follow the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law giveth life. The Holy Spirit giveth life. It's the spirit of the law. Like, for instance, uh, 
I know one of the analogies that Dr. Hilliard uses regarding this is the law, a part of the law was the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not kill. Well, you still can't kill people. Just because the law is over, you're still not at liberty to just kill anybody you feel like it because you don't like them. I mean, we like it to be able to do that, but, you know, the, the spirit of the law says that that's still, that's still a truth, that you cannot do that. That's not the way we ought to operate, okay? The letter of the law says, thou shalt not kill, and even if you, even if you had it in your heart, you were guilty, and you could be stoned. Never touch the person, but just had it in your heart. That's enough. You, you could be stoned for that, okay? So the letter of the law, I mean, it's just cut and dry. But the spirit of the law is that you don't kill people. That's not, that's, not the way, that's not the way we function. That's not the way we operate. Now, I got a question answered that I've had for years regarding this very thing right here, and it's something that we deal with all the time. I want you to turn to, to Malachi, you know the scripture, Malachi chapter 3. This question I've had for such a long time because I ran across it and I never could get this question answered. And uh, praise the Lord, it was finally answered. In Malachi the third chapter, The word declares in the 10th verse, well, even before that, in the 8th verse, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. In tithes and offerings. You have robbed me. Okay? Ye are cursed with a curse because you robbed me. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Bring it all into the to the place where I've chosen to place my name. Bring all the tithes in, that there may be meat in mine house. Well, when you say meat in my house, you're talking about to, pro to provide for the house of God. To provide for, well, in our case, it would be electricity and heat and insurance and if there was a mortgage and all of the things that are necessary. And salaries. And salaries for anyone who works in the church. That's what it's for, okay? So bring all, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Now I want you to turn back to, now remember, Malachi is still in the Old Testament, okay? This is still under the law. It's still under the law. We're not under law. We're under grace, right? Okay. And this is what people run to to say we don't have to tithe anymore. You see where we're going. Okay, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Oh, spirit of the, uh, of the law. Okay, now turn back, please, to 
Leviticus 30. Leviticus, the 30th chapter. So now we, say, we, we saw here that the word declares that, uh, that uh, uh, we are to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there be meat in God's house, right? All right, now in Leviticus, the 30th chapter, very last chapter, I'm sorry, 27th chapter, 30th verse. If you're still looking for the 30th chapter, bless you. 27th chapter, the last chapter, it's the 30th verse I want. All right. Now, the 30th verse says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Did you hear that? All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem all of his tithes, now notice, if he will redeem or use any part of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof, or a 20% penalty. So now it's not only 10%, it's 30%, because you're adding 20 more percent to it as a penalty for what you use. Now, and concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad. Neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. You got that? It shall not be redeemed. So the tenth part thereof, every bit of it belongs to the Lord. And if you use any part of it, there is a penalty for what you use a 20% penalty on what you use, and it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. So if you hit the lottery, you still got to pay. If you steal, you still got to pay. You steal, 10% of what you stole, you got to pay. You said good or bad, it belongs to the Lord, okay? All right, so I got that. Now, turn please to Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy, the 14th chapter. This fasting do you good. Look at here, boy. I mean, it feels like he looks, I, I just keep feeling it. Just, oh, look at here. It's gone. It's gone. We're going to lose some more, though. All right, all right. The 14th chapter of Deuteronomy. Uh, let's begin with How about the 22nd verse? Okay. Deuteronomy 14, verse 22. Now, this is still, we're still under the law, okay? Just like we were in Leviticus, just like we are in Malachi. We're under the law, all right? Verse 22 says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. So we still, we still in good shape. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy, thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. 
the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the firstlings of thy herd, and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. Now, wait a minute. Let's go and read. You didn't catch that. We're just going to go and read it. We'll go back. And if the way, the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn it into money, and bind up the money in thine hand, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Say what? For oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. Wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to bring all the tithe into the house of the Lord so that this, this would provide for the house of the Lord. Here he's saying, you can take it and buy food and drink and rejoice and get happy and fat. Something wrong here. We're under the same law. This thing has troubled me for a long time. Like I said, finally, you keep hanging around. You'll get the answer eventually. This was a second tithe. This is not the tithe that was for the storehouse. This tithe was for a feast when everybody went to the temple. So we're dealing with two tithes. 10% for the storehouse and another 10% for the feast for the, that, you, that they had once a year. Now we're up to 20%. See, aren't you glad we're under the spirit of the tithe and not the law? Because see, the spirit, we, we're, only doing, we're only doing a type of the tithe. We're keeping, we're keeping the tithe, and that's because it's in it's in Hebrews. That's because it's in it's in Matthew that Jesus talks about it. So it was incorporated even into the period of grace. But we're not following the letter of the tithe. Because if we follow the letter of the tithe, we'd have to be doing 20%. 10% for the feast and another 10% for the house. Everybody grunting. Lord, I'm just making it with 10%. Are you going to dump another 10% on? No, but see, that's the letter of the law. But he's not finished. Watch this. Verse 27. We stopped at 26. And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him. For he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. Say what? In other words, the priests, the Levites, 
they didn't get an inheritance. They didn't get an inheritance, okay? So, so th they wasn't in on some of the other stuff, all right? Verse 27 again, And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part, no inheritance with thee. At the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year, and shalt lay it up within thy gates. And the Levite, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which thou doest. So in other words, now every three years, you got to do a third tithe. Tithe don't sound so bad no more, do it? 10% don't sound... This thing troubled me for years. I say, Lord, I don't understand this thing. Because how can, if I'm supposed to bring all the tithe into the storehouse, how can I go and buy food and stuff and eat myself? And then it says the third year, every third year, you bring an extra 10%. That's to supply the, the needy. That's the welfare program. And also to take care of the priests. So in the third year, you're doing 30% every three years. Aren't you glad you're under grace? See, we're talking about now, we follow the spirit of the tithe. Because if we were following the letter of the tithe, we'd have to do 20% every two years, and the third year do 30%. And then go back to 20% for the next two years. And then the third year, do 30%. I think I'll just let that settle a little while. So yeah, Because I'm telling you, it, thank God. Thank God for the spirit of the Lord. Thank God for the spirit of the tithe and not the letter of the tithe. Okay. I mean, we can handle it if we had to. But thank God we don't have to. But. Ha. See, this is this is going to lead us into uh, into Sunday. The Lord let, I'm, is going to allow me, I'm sure, to go back to the go back to the uh, to the message that we started on last Sunday about the uh, uh, the first fruit offering. So now, now having said that, I want us please to turn to uh, Matthew. The 19th chapter. Matthew chapter 19. All right, you got Matthew 19. All right, put your ribbon there, hold your place there. And go back to Matthew 6. Amen. Now in Matthew, the 6th chapter, in the 24th verse, the word declares, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one 
and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now remember, this mammon is, a, is an evil spirit that is very, very powerful. His area of, of uh, what can we call it? Uh, influence is money. That's his area of influence. This wicked spirit, mammon. Mammon is a spirit that drives people, causes people to do things that they would not ordinarily do. It is a spirit that is so powerful that people gravitate to him and do irrational things. And it's all in the name of money. That's why the scripture declares that the love of money is the root of all evil. Any evil that is in the earth, you can trace it back to money and the spirit that's motivating people. So when you see things like what we just read in Deuteronomy 14, you see God making provision to protect people, not to hurt them, to protect them by giving them a means whereby they can keep their eyes on him and not allow that spirit to get a hold to him. He has to make provision for that because otherwise it's so tempting and so it's such a, 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 a spirit that it can beguile you and you not even know it. You can allow the spirit, the spirit behind that thing to get a hold of you to, and listen, you don't have to be rich. There are plenty of poor people who are driven by that spirit. Plenty of poor people. Their, their whole thinking is, is, is about money and how I can get it, what I can do to get it. That's a spirit, okay? So God is trying to protect us with all of, the, all of the things that we do that involve giving. That's why when we read the scripture like we said to you before, that uh, uh, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. He wants to keep us in the giving mode. He wants to keep us in the giving flow so it does not be, attach itself to us. Remember in, in Israel they have, what they call the Dead Sea, and that nothing lives in that thing, okay? Because it only has an inlet. It has no outlet. And so it is with money and things. We ought to be conduits so that it can flow through. If we're not a conduit for it to flow through, it can attach itself to us. And we can become a dead sea. So God is trying to protect us. And if we know that where we started out, that God is our source, no amount of money can attach itself to me. Because, like he said to me, that's what the money's for. Let it go. Let it go. So 
if I let it go, it'll flow through me. And God is not going to allow us to falter if we let it go. We have to let it go. And he's attached provisions to it. Like we went through this past Sunday, I think we went through seven different things of giving and to show you the returns on the giving. All of those were returns. God has a way to flow it back to you. He gives seed to sowers. He gives seed to sowers. He gives seed to people who are going to sow. He does not give seed to people who are going to hoard. Amen. He don't function that way because he knows that it will hurt you. And I'm saying all of this to say to you, we are moving into this realm now. I'm telling you, there are going to be unprecedented financial blessings coming to the body of Christ. But if you don't know how to handle it, it will destroy you. And I know that this ministry is one of those that God is going to use that way. Financially, I'm telling you, financially, the blessings are going to be absolutely overwhelming. I saw it years ago when we first came here. I saw at that time we were using that as the office. That what is the bookstore now? And uh, they would go in there to count the offering. I saw in a vision. I saw that table with hundreds piled up and fifties piled up and tens piled up and piles of checks and, and whatnot. I saw it. Okay? I saw that happening. And I knew that the day was coming, that it was going to come to pass. But see, you have to be prepared for it because you're dealing, you're going to another level and you're going to be dealing with a spirit that is more powerful than anything you've ever encountered before. And if you're not ready, to, God cannot afford to release to you the righteous, hallelujah, the righteous money and blessings if unless you are prepared and trained to handle it because to release it to you would be to allow the enemy to get hold of you it could destroy you it could literally destroy you and the only thing that god could do would be to allow you to die so that you could get to heaven that's how serious it is that's how serious it is. And that's why I have to harp on it. That's why I have to keep teaching it. And I have to keep preaching about it. And I have to keep talking about this whole money element. Some people may not understand. It doesn't make a difference whether you understand. It's coming. And if you can't handle it when it gets here, you are going to be in serious trouble. Hallelujah. So, now, turn back over to the 19th chapter. See, God gives you the desires of your heart, but his will has a part to play in it. Amen. And not only does his will have a part to play in it, whatever comes on me is going to come on those who are sharing in my grace. Amen. And, I, and that's the way I believe, so that's the way God is going to do it, because that's the desire of my heart. It's not just for me or whoever's standing up here. It's for those who are in line, knowing the principles, walking in the thing. Amen. Because, see, 
the others who come in and get a little slopped over blessing, it'll just hurt them. I'm telling you, it will just hurt them because they won't know how to handle it. Because, see, if you won't tithe at 10%, come on, amen. If you won't tithe at 10%, what in the world? When you only got about $500, and it's going to hurt you. That spirit will get a hold of you. So God cannot afford to let it go to you. But if you're a part of something that's already, okay, let me put it to you this way. If, now this has happened to many people. As a matter of fact, this happened to a whole family of uh, prominent people that we know of. Uh, if you're in a family that happens to be millionaires, many times the children don't know how to handle money. So when they get their hands on it, it's gone. Just like that. But because they're in the family, it's there. Because you're a part of this family, it's going to be there. You understand? You see You see what I'm talking about? It's going to be there. But if you don't know how to handle it, just like the kids and the families that don't know how to handle it because their parents never taught them how to handle money, it's going to be the same mess. You got prominent families. The kids are on drugs. You say, well, what are you doing that for? Hey, all the money he got and the inheritance that he has and, and his this and that. Because you know, he never had to handle it. He never learned. It was not, he was never taught. You know, just hand it to him. He didn't know what to do with it. And in many cases, it destroys him. They wind up on drugs somewhere, and the family finally can't take it no longer. You know, tired of bailing them out of jail, trying to try to fix their stuff so that they don't go to jail. You know, they just get fed up with them. What happens? It destroys them because they never learned how to handle it. So, so it is with us have to know how to handle this stuff. Not hoard it and not do the wrong things with it. Like I said to you on Sunday, we got to maintain a, a balance. Yes, some of this is for you personally, just because God loves you. You're his child. Okay? He wants you to have abundance. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have nice things. It's not all for the kingdom. But you have to have balance. You have to have a you have to have a heart. Remember we talked about it's the heart that's involved with the giving. It has to be a matter of the heart because that's what God is looking is at the heart. So if it if 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 this thing is on your heart, you'll have a desire to give. You'll have a desire to to share and to promote the gospel. But you won't have that unless somebody not only says it to you, but continues to say it to you. Because faith comes by hearing. You have to continuously hear it. If you don't, see, remember, that's how learning is accomplished, is by repetition. That's how faith is maintained, is by repetition. If you stop hearing it, you will drift from it. Never wonder why God wants you to go forsake not to assemble yourselves again. Hey, I learned that stuff already. Why I got to go back? Why can't I just stay home? And, no, no, no. You have to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it to maintain it. I know the principle. 
That's why I talk about tithing all the time. I know some people shift from side to side. Here you go again. You talking about tithing again? I'm tithing. Hell yeah. You ain't got to say it no more. No, I got to say it. Because if I don't say it, the day will come. Hmm. I use this. No, 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 no. Faith comes by hearing. I, you have to continue to hear it. I have to keep saying it. That's a part of the faith process. Hallelujah. So, I said all that to get over here to the 19th chapter and the 16th verse. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, speaking to Jesus, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no more. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not keep bare false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt have love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. You got all the stuff right, but one thing thou lackest. You don't know the principle behind handling your money. Now, it doesn't say how he obtained it. Perhaps he inherited it. And it was never taught how to handle the finances, how to handle his money, how to be a reservoir to provide and to share with others. So Jesus is telling him, you got to start giving. You have to start outgo with what's been coming in because you're just receiving and not giving. You're just harvesting without planting. And it's going to destroy you. Now watch. But when the young man heard that saying, what? To give? What saying? To give. He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions, because he was very rich, and he did not want to give. Jesus didn't tell him to give it all. But he was very sorrowful. So what happened to this young man? The spirit was already on him. The spirit of mammon was already on him. He's basically, he's saying to Jesus, as long as I don't have to give up my money, tell me, you tell me what I have to do. Just, just don't touch my, just don't touch my money. Well, if you don't touch my money, I'll do it. You know, whatever. You, we can we can hang out. But if you start talking about my money, I'm out of here. That's where some people are. It's unfortunate because you have to learn 
God is willing to pour out blessings on us that there's not room enough to receive it all. I'm telling you, he's willing to give us the wisdom, the insight. He's willing to give us the favor so that I'm telling you, there is no, absolutely no amount that is too big for us to receive if we learn how to be that conduit. But we have to learn how to be that conduit, and that doesn't come overnight. It's a learned behavior. You have to learn it. You have to be in that environment where that's what's happening. If you, be, if you get into that environment, that's when things will start to happen for you. Because if you see others doing it and you're open to it, you will learn how to do it because you'll see that, hey, now that person is constantly giving. But it seems like every time I see them, they got more. How is that working? That's what it takes you. You have to be in that environment where you see the principle lived out. The principle has to be lived out in front of you by precept and example. There's an example of somebody doing it and it's working. By precept, you find it in the Bible. Okay, there it is. But now let me see it lived out. You got to find somebody that is working for them. Then, okay, uh, I think I'll, I think I'm going to try that. This young man didn't do it. Now, what, what else? What else did Jesus say? Then said Jesus unto his, unto his disciples. Rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. A rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let me say that again. A rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now you have to look at that in the context of the way Jesus is saying it. He's not saying that you can't get to heaven if you're rich. He's saying, well, let's, let's let him do the talk. Verse 24, and again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed and saying, who then can be saved? Why they say that? Because these boys had plenty of money. They said, whoa, Jesus, what are you, whoa, wait a minute. You mean, if I'm rich, I can't get in? That's not what he said. That's not what he said. All right, listen, listen to him. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. What do you mean, Jesus? He means that using God's principles, you can be rich. Because using God's principles, you know about sowing and reaping. Using God's principles, you know that there's an inlet, there's got to be an outlet. Using God's principles, you know that no matter how much I give, it's got to come back to me again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I can't outgive 
because there is there's a principle here that I'm following, and with if I'm following that principle with God, I will never do without. I will never lack. Can't happen. God is obligated because I'm following his principle. He is obligated. And see, I'm following his principle not only because I know it works, but I'm also following his principle because I know it's going to keep that spirit off me. That wicked spirit mammon is going to stay off me because I got to follow his principles. I'm following his principles. Got to work. And I can remind him of it. All right. So now. Then answered Peter, verse 27. And said unto him. Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken, here we go, houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. So he's saying, any one of you that have given these things, you shall receive the maximum return on your giving. You're not going to lose out on anything. I don't care what you've given, there's a corresponding return. There is a maximum return on your giving because you're giving it for the kingdom or for my name's sake. You cannot lose. Hallelujah. So in other words, he's saying you're following God's principles. And if you're following God's principles, these things can never, can absolutely never hurt you. They can never attach themselves to you. That wicked spirit will be restrained. He will be held back from you to prevent, to prevent him from influencing you and pulling you into his influence. Hallelujah. Now, I said to you, I may not be talking specifically about first fruits, but I'll be all around the fringes. See, these are the things that you have to understand about giving when it comes to like the impact, the first fruit. Uh, that's we're going to make that a first fruit giving and also when we talk about the weekly covenant partner giving I said to you for this year I'm, I'm going to have to close because of time I said to you for this year what I want to do is I want to make the impact of first fruit offering so we'll get the benefit of the first fruit offering and make the weekly covenant partner giving a vow so that we get the benefit of the vow on the other end. So I'm looking to do what we've never done before, and that is we'll be physically doing the same thing, but because we have more knowledge, remember, you cannot receive what you don't know about. You cannot have faith for that which you don't know about. So when we finish the first fruit, we learn about that, that impact. Say, now this is a First fruit offering. So I'm going to get the first fruit benefit. The first fruit benefit is so shall thy bonds be filled with plenty. 
and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. In other words, abundance. Abundance. Okay? And then the vow, you can decree a thing, and it'll be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine on your path. So I want a double banger. I want benefit coming from both ends. So I can, I can make my confessions. I can make my confessions knowing that I'm going to receive. I can make my confessions knowing that I'm going to have it coming from surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. See, it's going to overtake me. That's what's going to happen. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm believing for. Because I don't want to get caught like I got caught with the permit for dumpling. I want to know. And I know the principles, so I'm not going to get caught by that other spirit that says don't give. Amen. And, and, and see, I know how to walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm not going to base it on what I don't have. Don't ever base your giving on what you don't have. That's what the world does. Don't ever base your giving on what you don't have. Base your giving on what God says to you. Because if God says to you, give $1,000, you say, I don't have $1,000. You're basing it on what you don't have. If God tells you to give $1,000, he's trying to get $1,000 to you. I mean, we're talking about elementary faith here. This is elementary faith. This is faith 101. Okay? We're trying to get, if God tells you to do something, that's because he's trying to get it to you. And if he's trying to get it to you, he has more for you. But you can't get it. See, because God can't. See, I'm going to go to preaching now. See, God can't give you what he wants you to have. He cannot bypass his own law. He cannot bypass his own principles. He may want to give you $50,000. How is he going to do it? He cannot bypass his principle and just hand you $50,000. Because his principle said, sow a seed, get a harvest. As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. I want to get 50, you know, oh. see, see, I, ooh, I didn't have a problem with it. I just had to get it in my spirit. That's what God's trying to get across to us. When God, he never says to you, I want to give you $5,000. He never says that to you. You know what he says to you? Give me 500. I, I want you to understand how God talks. Do, do you hear that? He'll never say to you, I want to give you $5,000. He'll say, give me $500. Are you hearing something? Are you hearing something? That's what he, that's how God talks. That's how he talks. Why is he talking? Why don't you just tell me? No, no, no. Because if I just tell you, you'll be walking by sight. 
His principle says walk by faith and not by sight. So I can't tell you. Oh, hallelujah. Do you get this? My time been up, so I got to quit. But oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Glory to your holy name. I thank you for your principles, Lord God. I thank you for your faith principles, Lord, that are settled on the inside of me. I thank you that they're a part of my innermost being, and that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they are working supernaturally, Lord, and they are causing things. They are creating things, Lord God, that I knew not of before. I bless you for those here assembled that your word that is going down into their hearts will not return to you void and it will not be stolen by the enemy. It will produce the harvest that is necessary for them to go to the next level. And we give your name all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord, and he is coming soon.